Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, and welcome to How To Tuesday. I just got back from an awesome trip uh, up to the Everglades, where we took advantage of some really bad weather. We had a cold front that just came through. And um, when that happens this time of the year, which is March, um, you know, the, the keys are flooded with tarpon. And it, the, the fishing is very, very good for tarpon, permit, bonefish, redfish, everything is happening. And the water, you know, gets up to that magic temperature, 72, 74, 76 maybe even a little bit higher in some places, and the fishing really goes off. It's really happening. And then you have a cold front that comes through, and the temperature on the mainland dropped to 55 degrees, and that creates a problem. When that happens also, the wind really starts to blow and really creates a, an issue, especially if you're trying to film a show, which is what we were trying to do on this one. So we started putting our creative heads together and coming up with a plan of how we could get some sort of a really cool show. What what would thrive in those conditions? And buddy, I tell you what, you gotta you gotta really put your head together and come up with some kind of plan because those are not good conditions for most things. It's really, really rough offshore. I mean, the wind is blowing 30, 35 miles an hour really rough offshore. The inshore water has just um, dropped a significant amount of degrees and uh, is very cold. So one thing that we thought of was, what if we went back into the no motor zone in the Everglades and fish back there? And of course, what that uh, means is that you have to um, get a another craft because you can't go in there in your boat. You can take a boat to the limit and then you have to get a uh, self-propelled craft of some sort back 
into those areas and those areas are incredible and and extensive and you could probably explore there for the rest of your life and never see all of the water that is back there but you got a couple of potential issues one you have um the, the logistics of getting some other craft over there and when i'm talking about another craft is anything self-propelled it could be a could be an inflatable it could be um a kayak or a canoe or a gnu or um, a micro skiff where you actually take the motor off of the boat and hide it in the bushes so that you are completely motorless when you're up there. You're not even supposed to have a motor on the boat. The fact that you're not using the motor doesn't even matter. You're not allowed to have a motor. So that creates some issues. Uh, you could also do it um, on a stand-up paddleboard. And then the other thing that you have to worry about are the bugs. And if you haven't experienced the Everglades noceums or the Everglades mosquitoes in their full um, glory, it's something that you should because you'll only do it once. I mean, it, it gets so bad up there. So when we start thinking about how to, how to put your heads together to come up with a plan and finding a, a place where, you know, in these conditions, in these very difficult conditions, the, the fishing would actually be very good and it would be um, good conditions to go and do something. The fact that it's blowing 30 miles an hour and the temperature dropped, that is good conditions for something like what we just did because it keeps the bugs down for sure. So there's one, one challenge averted. Secondly, um, when it gets real cold like that, the fish tend to get up in the very shallow water because that's the water that warms up first. So back in these no motor areas, the water can be between one inch and several inches deep. And uh, so you get back in there in some sort of craft. We've tried it in a number of different crafts. First, it was a canoe canoe has um, some things that are really good. If you have two anglers, you only need one canoe. That's an advantage because logistically it makes it a little bit easier to get it over there. Um, but you are trying to sight fish a fish that's very difficult to see in the water from a sitting position. So you don't really have very good um, visibility. A kayak is kind of the same deal. Um, so what we've gone to are to these stand-up paddle boards. And the stand-up paddle board is truly ideal for this situation. And if you pair that with these racks called manta racks, which go into a rod holder on your boat, standard rod holder, so you don't have to have any kind of fancy accessory. You just have to have a rod holder. And if you're not using the manta racks, you can use it for a rod holder just like you normally would. It looks exactly the same as any other rod holder on the boat. So you just slide these manta racks into the rod holders and then put the stand-up paddleboard on there and, and secure it with the, with the bungees. It is fantastic. Now you do not have to have manta racks to be able to do this type of fishing, but it sure does make it a lot easier and it sure does protect the paddleboard. If you're using some sort of fiberglass paddleboard, um, or and and your boat because a lot of people don't want to do this because 
you know, taking a rough ride across Florida Bay, beats up the paddleboard, beats up the the boat. And in this case, Rich just picked up a brand new 24 yellowfin. So the thing is glistening and doesn't have a scratch on it. And so the idea of strapping a couple of paddleboards down, taking a 40 or 50 mile ride across the really rough Florida Bay is not that appealing. So having the racks makes it way better, way better, because we didn't scratch the boat. We didn't scratch the paddleboard. Everything was great. We took some different paddleboards up there this time. It was a, a Vibe, which is a roto-molded stand-up paddleboard. So that makes it even better because those things are super durable. They're like a, I don't know, like a like a cooler or something that, you know, you can throw the thing around. You know, kayakers are bashing it up against rocks all the time. Um, so incredibly durable. But I just wanted to go into just a little bit about kind of if you choose to fish out of any of these type of crafts, a couple of things to think about on this How To Tuesday. Now, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you've got your safety gear, which includes a whistle and a uh, on a life jacket. Then you want to have some sort of a waterproof container. In this case, I chose just a five-gallon bucket with a lid. Um which isn't completely waterproof, but it's going to keep the water out. Just a little dry box would be fine with a communication device, your phone, a whistle. You got your life jacket in there. And then you want to be thinking about keeping everything as simple as possible. In my opinion, I want to go bare bones. I don't want to take a tackle box. I want to just reach in to my tackle box and grab a handful of jig heads and a handful of uh, not even a handful, five or six hooks, uh, five or six jig heads, a couple split shots, one, one or two bags of uh, assorted baits. You've got some gulp shrimp, you've got uh, jerk baits, you've got whatever you intend to fish with, and a spool of leader and a pair of pliers. And that's it. And if I can use any sort of a uh, um, little hatch that the that the craft might have, whether that's a canoe or a kayak or, or um, in this case, a, a, a stand-up paddleboard, I'll use that. Um, some people want something to sit on. Five-gallon bucket works well. Uh, cooler works well. But the point is, I want to keep this thing as light as possible, and I want to keep it as, uh, as spartan as possible for a couple of reasons. One, it's a balancing act. You're standing on this thing trying to trying to fish. You've got a paddle in your hand. You've got a rod in your hand. It's uh, tricky, you know, for the first time. So the less you have on that board with you, the easier it easier it is. Um, then I also want to keep it very lightweight because one of the big things about why we're choosing to go up there is because we're trying to get into the shallowest amount of water possible and then navigate through that water, see the fish, catch the fish, have a great time. And uh, when you start putting more and more and more stuff on it, a heavy cooler, a uh, bunch of drinks, all that kind of stuff, you're 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 kind of defeating the purpose of going there to begin with. So keeping it really, really simple, keeping it really, really light is a big, big advantage. Another thing that uh, that came on this vibe board, and I had never really used this before, 
uh, but it was a great idea. They had this little adjustable bungee cord that uh, was a light bungee. It was only, you know, it wasn't designed to to really stake out, but it had a carabiner on one end and an adjustable uh, thing on on the end, and it had a little loop on the other end. Well, you put this around your paddle, and then you clip the other end to your to your um, belt loop, or you know, around around your waist, and then measure it out to where if you drop that paddle, it doesn't slam into the paddleboard. And uh, so, th- what this did for me is, I'm paddling long. And I have this this little leash measured out. And when I see a fish, I can just simply drop the paddle. And it is one end is dangling in the water, and the other end is above the board, so it makes no noise whatsoever. And I'm able to just drop the paddle instead of trying to put it up somehow. Because it's I'm seeing these fish literally one second before they see me. So I have to act very quickly, just drop the paddle, grab my rod, make the cast. And then I'd never lose the paddle. It's right there, but it just really helped so much to be able to just let go of the paddle and make the cast. So that was cool. Um, A lot of people are trying to come up with ways to hold the rod, uh, different rod holders. I found that that was not good for me. I just want to do it just like I would when I'm pulling my skiff and trying to fish off the back of the boat. And I simply um, have it sticking in, the handle is sticking in the back of my pants, facing off to the left. My dominant side is my right side. So that's the side I'm going to cast. And that's also the side that I'm going to paddle the most on or pull the boat the most on. So I want the rod sticking out the other side. And um, so in this case, I just drop the paddle, reach back with my left hand, pull out the rod, and I'm ready to make a cast. And uh, I have the the overhang all worked out. You know, the I don't have it reeled all the way up to the tip. All I got to do is flip the bail and go. And, um, and that's a great, great way to do it. So if you, uh, if you plan on going in one of these alternative crafts, this is what I suggest. Keep it as simple as possible. You know, don't try to make this alternative craft um, just like your boat. You know, use just what you need. If you need a GPS on it, great. Put a small GPS on it. And if you need, a, um, you know, a little extra tackle, take it in a way that you can have one box rather than four. And just keep everything super simple. Have a life jacket, have a whistle, make sure that you're safe on these things. And uh, then look into, look into ways that you can make, just make it easier on yourself. That little leash, that thing was outstanding. Um, so anyway, um, that was my experience on the stand-up paddleboard. If you're trying to go and do it, I'd love to hear from you, see what you do. Um, there are some really super avid kayak fishermen out there. And um, those guys have lots of tricks. And I'd like to know them. I really would. How do you take all that stuff out there and keep it simple? Um, but I love the stand-up paddleboard. I can see way better. I'm more comfortable standing up. And uh, if I have the choice, that's what I'm going to choose. So anyway, How-To Tuesday for this week. How to fish off a stand-up paddleboard. 
basically keep it simple. All right, see you next week.